0: Uh, hey, can I just first of all say, like, summer, August, Wednesday night at seven o'clock? I'm like, I'm just so impressed with you. Just right now, out of the gate, I have to say, I am just impressed with you. You must love your church, uh, or at least your God, and subsequently your church because you love Him. Uh, we're just super excited for you to be with us tonight. So this is this is the third installment of. Uh, of this training that we're doing. And a lot of you might just be wondering right now, like, why am I here? Um, what, like, what is a journey launch training? Are we going to space? Yes, that's actually what's happening tonight. We are going to space. No, um, <laughs> and there's going to be a pink Floyd laser light show. Uh, don't never mind any smoke. Anyway, uh, we're, we're actually just really excited uh, to to talk tonight about uh, just some really actually fundamental realities in following Jesus that speak into where we 're headed in years to come, so uh, this fall we 're going to be uh, Dave and I are going to be doing a vision series on just some some just bigger vision for where we 're headed as a church, and then after that we 're going to be uh really exploring uh what it means uh to to grow into Christ likeness and and how that happens in our lives and so uh, what this is about is about kind of getting us ready for what we're going to be doing in the fall so why are you here for this well this is this is because we see each and every one of you and the other like 280 people who've been through this in June and July, we see you all as part of our ministry team. You're here because uh, you are an influencer of people. You, you you might lead a ministry. You, you might hold babies in uh, the ones and twos, or you might open doors and shake hands. You might be in the tech booth on Sundays, or you might be an elder. You might be a staff person, and uh, we're told you had to be here uh, if you want to keep getting paid as a staff person. Uh, uh, and Dave's back there going, "Yeah, that's me." <laughs> so we we are we're actually really thrilled that you're here because we see you as as a part of our ministry team. So that, that's just how you're seen out of the gate. We want you to know that. And as part of our ministry team, we want to be talking the same language. We want to be thinking in some of the, the same ways, not not uniformly, but in unity as we move forward together. So we, we're, we're recruiting you right now uh, to be with us and where we're headed as a church, because you're an influencer. And, and your life impacts the lives of other people in this church and in this community for the kingdom. So does that answer some of why you're here? Is it at least focus your questions? Okay, good. Um, I, I don't want to belabor that point. Why you're here will become more and more clear, but that's, that's my answer for now. I want to get us started, though, by actually handing the mic off to Gabby, who is going to pastor us. With the, you're, you're like pastor to icebreakers yes. right now. So uh, we're excited about that. So uh, give it over to Gabby, and she's going to get us started tonight. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. thanks. Yep. We're going to be passing around each side a clipboard that has your name and when you signed up to attend on Sunday. If you choose to change the time, just write it down there, put a check mark by your name so that we know you're here. Did you hear that? Oh, no. Okay. So um, you're, she's going to hand out. Uh, clipboards, and we would like you to please indicate whether or not you are going to be coming to the 9 a.m. or the 11 a.m. part two, and to check off your name that you are here. And if you don't know Cookie Wall, this is Cookie Wall. Uh, uh, She'll get a longer introduction later, but uh, all I have to say is that in July, I introduced her by saying that she fully represents her name because she is sweet, and she is also a force to be reckoned with. She's <laughs> Cookie Wall. And so, anyway, she's a. will just tell you who she is right now if you don't know Cookie. She leads with me and helps oversee what we're doing with developing community group leaders and leaders in general as a church. And she is our director of coaching, is my informal title for you. So uh, <laughs> she's been a mentor to many here and is really influential in helping us strategize on how we make disciples who make disciples. So thanks, Cookie. All right. My turn. Your turn, I'll shut up.
1: Hey everyone, how are you doing? Good, again I just wanna second what Matt said. Thank you so much for being here, it's great. I so wish I was outside and in five minutes I am gonna be outside and it's great. Uh, Before we start, like Matt said, we're gonna have an icebreaker. It's a very brief icebreaker. It's gonna be fun and hopefully it's gonna teach us a little something about, about leadership and about what it means to lead and walk alongside others just a very important element that we don't always see and the icebreaker is called a time i felt different and what we're gonna do are you getting nervous you should not i want you to to think about a time in your life when you felt different maybe it was a time when you walked into a place and you realized you were different i'm going to be using that word a lot or maybe you uh, went into someone's house, a church, I don't know, whatever setting, and you realized, oh my goodness, I am different. This is something that could have happened this week, yesterday, or 20 years ago. I want you to think about that. I'm gonna give you a little bit of time. You probably don't need a lot. And then the next step is for you to try to find a word, an adjective that defines that emotion, how you felt. I, want, I, I wish I could give you examples, but I don't want to, this to be biased. So I'll give you like good ones, bad ones. Let's say I walked into a place, I felt different, and I, I realized I was different and I felt out of place. Or maybe it was something else. Maybe it was something that got me excited. I don't know, whatever it is, try to find a word that describes that. You have it? Yep. All right, now I'm gonna ask you to stand up and to try to introduce yourselves to those around you, but instead of giving them your name, you're gonna give them that word. So instead of saying, hi, I'm Gabby, you need to say, hi, I'm blank, whatever word you chose. It's only gonna take a minute, real quick, and then we're gonna be done. Sounds good? It's only gonna be a minute. It doesn't sound good? You still need to do it. (laughs) All right, one, two, three, go. Hey, make sure you only give the adjective and move on to the next person. Much for cooperating so well with this icebreaker. Now, I want some of you to just shout out some of the words you heard from people. In awe. In awe. What else? Lonely. 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 Uneasy. Scared. Surprised. Surprised. Anxious. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Great. What do all those words have in common? They are negative. They are negative. For the most part, uh, most of us associate difference with something negative. Whether because someone has made us feel less or lower because we don't look or behave like someone else, or we just impose that on ourselves. But actually, the church is one of those places where a lot of people walk into the door, through the doors, and they feel different. Because maybe we worship in a different way. Maybe we don't reflect the culture as it is. And that's, that's a good thing. Being different in a church is hardly ever a bad thing. But for some reason, we make people feel weird or anxious or scared or they just feel that on their own and if that is the case for most people how can we expect them to join our programs or join our communities if we don't even acknowledge how they're feeling if we don't like truly make people feel um, welcome so what I, before we start talking about journeying together with others, the first thing to, that we need to realize is to look around and see who's journeying with us. Because we don't journey alone, especially when it comes to, to walking with God. And, and as leaders and as influencers of Cedar Mill, we hope that we are people who make others feel welcome. That we are a group, a community that lives out, uh, Romans 15:7, welcome one another just as Christ has welcomed you. And how has Christ welcomed us? First of all, he meets us where we're at. And Christ does not expect us to change so that we can be loved. Love and acceptance is the first place, and then we walk together. And so as we talk about being leaders and walking and leading others, we not only need to recognize uh, that people look different, but also that they are in a different place in their own journey with God. And the more we honor that and respect that, the more... um, just comfortable the, the atmosphere is gonna be for all of us to grow together. And as Matt talks about you know the training and as cookie talks and as you come back, those of you that are coming back on Sunday, um, I just want to ask you to keep this in mind because Matt's gonna revisit this at the end of it. That's great. That's it. Off to the Olympics. Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. DVR guys just D V R. If you missed it sorry well hey um well that's exciting right to start off realizing maybe some of our assumptions might not always be spot on right it's always good to start any experience recognizing that my assumptions don't exactly equate to a full picture of reality right our assumptions can be mistaken because they're shaped everything in our life has been shaped so we're talking about the shaping of our lives and who it is that's shaping us, and what he's shaping us into uh, in this evening session as well as Sunday. So let's, uh, let's, let me do this. Um, if, we've, if we've asked the question so far, kind of who is in Christ, who's next to you, who's journeying in Christ with you, uh, what I want us to do now for the next little bit is I want us to turn the, our attention to the question of what is in Christ. What is in Christ? Um, let, let, me, let me just give you a quick roadmap of where we're headed uh, tonight and, and Sunday. Um, tonight, I'm going to talk for a little bit about kind of the theology of w- what is ours in Christ. Uh, and then w- we're going to have a break. There is a break coming. And then already, so I'm, I'm already thinking of it. Right? I'm thinking about those cookies back there, just like you. All right? And then after our break, cookies going to guide us in a more experiential uh, component of the evening and I'll come back and kind of close us with a few thoughts and then Sunday Mary Kalesi our, our formal former women's pastor and just uh, and th- another one of our spiritual formation team uh, leaders is is going to talk to you about kind uh, of the cycle of grace and I'll come back to that at the end so it's going to be a just and, and living a fruitful life so it's going to be a really fun action-packed evening and morning um so uh Let's talk about theology for a second. Um, let's start with Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Uh, this, is, this is message translation up on the screen. I'm gonna, here, here's what I want to do tonight, just to get us started, just to get us thinking about this idea of being in Christ and what is found in Christ. Are you with me? Sound doable? Okay. Let, let, let's start this way. I'm going to read through the text. Just listen the first time through. Just close your eyes and listen. Uh, and then I'll, I'll read through the text a second time. That, that time I'll have you look with me. And then we'll talk, okay? This is going to be an interactive evening. It's totally okay to talk at me. I'm really okay with that. So, uh, two-way. Let's, let's begin. Just close your eyes and listen to this. This is Paul through the voice of Eugene Peterson. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave, but a child? And if you are a child, you are also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. This Stop and sit with that for a second. Start to pay attention to the words that are n- noticeable to you. Pay attention to the feeling you have as you hear those words. <clears throat> let's, let's look at it again. You can, can look with me this time, you're allowed. Galatians 4, yeah, you you can tell for sure, Paul says, that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father. Doesn't that privilege of intimate conversation with God make it plain that you are not a slave, but a child? And if you are a child, you're also an heir with complete access to the inheritance. Wow. Again, just notice what you notice. Just pay attention to what strikes you. Some words start to come to mind for you. All right. Talk to me about what reading this, hearing these words makes you feel. All right. Don't, don't talk about, you know, don't, let's not wax eloquent about the theology of it. Let's just talk about how you feel right now. How How, how you feeling? what's that safe Safe. great what what else are you feeling loved Loved. somebody over there said special special person raise your hand real quick okay thanks chuck i just want to make sure you're extra special yeah i feel in awe yeah good 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 blessed Blessed. privileged secure included Included. Included. yeah what's that Belonging. belonging Other other feeling words start to bubble up, in light of Galatians four. Ah, responsible. Why did you say that? Can I ask? Uh huh. Mm hmm. hmm. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, privileged. Chosen. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Sorry welcome that ah, great precious, precious. Intimacy. intimacy yeah it's profound isn't it just from two verses of scripture you, know, you can feel that as you listen to the word of god impact your life but this is this is an important passage because what paul's saying is that there is an inheritance that is yours as someone who is in Christ, summed up by the Messiah. That's what that word kind of means. To be in Christ means that you are summed up by Christ. You're, you're in him. And so to help us understand being in Christ, I thought I would bring my... Let's get it done or let's do this bucket. Um, to represent Christ. It's um, a humble common bucket just like jesus so anyway um anyway here we go it's uh let's let this represent the sphere of the messiah christ okay and so we're in christ defined summed up contained in christ that your existence your identity your wholeness as a person is actually summed up in him just just like mind-blowing right Uh, and paul's talking about this he's saying actually you because his spirits in you are a child just as the son is the child of the father and you share and have access to the inheritance that is christ because what is true of him is now true of you so given that scenario what would you expect me to start pulling out of this bucket tonight because we're going to start pulling some things out of this bucket what what do you expect me to pull out sorry oh oh Oh, i get what you're saying that would be a good object lesson too i'm not going that way but yeah uh like he's saying like pull out the bad stuff but anyway yeah joy what else so say some other things that you would predict that i would begin pulling out of here what treasures okay compassion yeah crown and every group is different isn't it cookie this is funny you guys have a different bent than july and june what 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 else what do you expect me to pull out of here My brother's, brothers oh yeah communal implications of being in the messiah jesus you were here for ephesians weren't you that's great you're reading your bible at the very least this is good yeah a bunch of other people said some things well go ahead yeah promises. promises yeah i got forgiveness and we might have had one justification from somebody reading paul uh yeah this is good the kingdom of god has not been mentioned yet but i'm creativity, yeah. Uh, None of these things are things I'm going to pull out of the bucket tonight, so I hate to disappoint you. Instead, uh, what I'm going to pull out of the bucket is uh, five things, Uh, just five, or maybe it's six. I misnumbered them on my notes, so I don't trust myself. It's however many things that I end up pulling out, but uh, there's five points, or maybe six points I want to make tonight about uh, what is involved And being in Christ, what is ours in Christ, uh, what we are summoned to in Christ. So, um, I'm gonna put some verses on the screen and we're just gonna kinda talk through some of the implications of these things that are ours in Christ. Again, this is important because you are influencers in this church, aren't you? Um, One of the realities I wanna just quickly warn us about is this Um, when it comes to things that we know, Um, we're always in danger of thinking we know them completely, aren't we? We're always in danger of that. And so I'm going to say some things that if you've been a follower of Jesus for long at all, you will say, yeah, I knew that. To which I want to commend you and say, good job, I'm so glad that you knew that. The other thing I want to say is, Um, there's a big difference between knowing something and fully living into the implications of it. So I don't know about you, but I'm not fully living into the implications of anything I know. So I want to, and I'm on a journey of being conformed to the image of Christ and living into what I do know, but it's a process, isn't it? So uh, anyway, let me just say, let's just all hear the things that we already know, and if 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 you feel like, yeah, that's great, that's going great in my life, then just feel affirmed by the Spirit, uh, and think of someone else you can encourage. Uh, but if there's something that you think, oh boy, I have a long ways to grow in that, hear the challenge from the Spirit and thank Him for talking to, to you about it. So first first thing we see in Christ is this. Let me pull this out. Um, this, in my wife's lovely handwriting, is an invitation to an honored guest. Uh, so, the first thing we get in Christ is an invitation to a process, an invitation to a path or a process of learning and becoming. Look at Mark one with me. Mark one sixteen and eighteen uh, describes Jesus interacting with his first disciples, and he says this: As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen come follow me jesus said and i will send you out to fish for people at once they left their nets and followed him so there's this summons there's this invitation to a process right um what's it mean to follow jesus let's i mean basic kind of very simple question but what does it mean to follow jesus To go the same way he went. Yeah, Ken, great. That's a great way to say it. Uh, what I have here in my notes is the meaning of discipleship is that Jesus goes ahead and prescribes the way. Another way of saying you go the same way he went. He prescribes the way um, by what he models. Um, which means this, friends, that following Jesus is not a checklist, is it? It's not a to do list. It's not a new law. It's not a program we graduate from. Rather, it's a process of leaving a life. And following another life and being molded to who he is and what his way is. Um, there's some questions in your, in your journey launch training um, pamphlet, booklet. Yeah, here we go. And here we are on page four. There's a question to this point for us to ponder, which is this. That what, is, what is it actually that is the greatest challenge to becoming more like Jesus that I face today? Because what is mine in Christ is an invitation to come follow and to become like him. Are we aware of the areas in our lives where it's like, hey, I, this is a challenge. Where am, I, where am I struggling to be like him today? Because m- what is mine is in, in him is actually an invitation to become like him. The second thing we see in this is an ongoing process of transformation Oh yeah, that's right. I didn't have an object for this one because guess what? I don't have a perpetual motion machine. So, but my point is this. The other thing we have here is an ongoing process of transformation through the enabling Holy Spirit. Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3. He says this. This is one of the most profound passages on on Christian discipleship that I, I think that you can find. Second Corinthians 318 it says, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate or reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Okay. Let me pause here and just ask you to interact with me on this. What do you notice about this? What does this have to say about the spiritual life? It's it better every day. And sometimes it feels like it's getting worse every day, but it's actually getting better, right? (laughs) It doesn't say it feels like it's getting better every day, but the reality is an ongoing transformation, right? God's doing it. it. Did Did you notice that? This is a work of God. Who's the primary agent in this? Yeah, the spirit. It's the spirit, We might call this spiritual formation because it's a work of formation enacted on us by the Spirit as we participate. Uh, Ah, yeah, point that out in the text. We all. We live in in the context of a we all, even though we're not from the South. Well, maybe some of you are from the South, but now you're in the PNW, and we don't say we all, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a process. It's not instantaneous. Yeah. Totally. Has you has anybody else noticed that it is not an overnight instant process? <laughs> Look, ever anybody gotten frustrated by that? <laughs> One of the things that helped me out profoundly, I remember I was at Bible college, and uh, one of our professors was speaking about the kingdom of God, and it was the first time I'd ever heard this phrase, but he said, the kingdom of God is here now, and it's not yet, and it, was, it blew my mind, and all of a sudden, all of my, my expectation, unrealistic, perfectionistic, performance-oriented, need-to-please-people, expectations of myself in Christ, got blown out of the water. Because all of that people-pleasing, performance-oriented, need-to-prove-myself mentality was constantly frustrated and disappointed by the reality of sin and struggle and just human frailty and this process that just seemed too slow. And all of a sudden, I realized when Brad Harper spoke about the kingdom of God that it is here now and it's not yet. That meant that my life in Christ is a process. Right? That, that it's not all here it's not all now there's more coming but it's not all future it's inaugurated it's begun he who has begun a good work in you will carry it on to completion this is philippians chapter one so it's a work of god that's promised that he'll he'll finish it this is this is amazing let me just ask this question about well let, let me point this out as well look, look at this it's uh we who with unveiled faces uh contemplate the lord's glory or and rather are focused on the lord's glory are being transformed notice too that this is a process that happens with our participation it's the ones who are beholding that are being transformed Uh, One commentator says this, that the the verbs behold and and transformed or contemplate and transformed are both present tense, suggesting that the second occurs at the same time as and as a result of the first. In other words, as we behold, we are transformed. As we focus on Christ, we're transformed into his likeness. So this means that following Jesus is not an immediate, overnight, instant reality. Somebody asks this question, What does that have to say about our expectations of other Christ followers when they fail to be instant, overnight, perfect Jesus representatives? Does it help us deal with disappointment in the church? Does it help us deal graciously with people when they fail around us? Not to write them off? I like to talk about resisting the urge to freeze frame people in a part of their story Imagine if somebody freeze froze you in the worst part of your story and never believed any future redemption possible for you. That would be a bummer, wouldn't it? So as we are people who live into this kind of journey, this kind of inheritance in Christ, a process-oriented inheritance, we need to be process-oriented with each other. Amen? All right. spent a long time on that point. Let's keep moving. Uh, Next is this. Uh, th- there's a, a clear destination. I brought a uh, AAA roadmap because, um, well, not that I've used one of these in a really long time. I think we needed one of these on a road trip before we got smart enough to buy a car charger for our iPhone. So anyway, that was 10 bucks well spent. Anyway, we, we have a clear destination. We have a super clear destination. Look at Romans 8:29 with me. For those God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. For those God foreknew, He also predestined, what? To be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those He predestined, He also called. And those He called, He justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. In other words, your destiny, friends, is to be like Jesus. And every single thing else that happens in your life is just an opportunity for growth. The destiny is sure, the destination is certain. It's to be like Jesus. I like this because evangelicals tend to think about the goal of our faith as what? What would you say most evangelical folks tend to think the goal of their faith is? Ask Jesus into your heart so you can go to heaven. Yeah, go to heaven. So, is heaven the goal? Is, is heaven the goal? No. N.T. Wright, one of my favorite New Testament scholars, says this He says, Heaven's great, it's just not the end of the world. <laughs> and, and here's why because, because the Bible actually says that, that, that the heavens actually invade the earth, right? We get a new creation. It's a, it's a creational, I'm not going to talk about eschatology right now, but if you want to, if you want to get in on that, come to our New Testament class this fall. But here's, here's the point. The end is God's renewed humanity and a renewed creation doing fellowship with one another and with their creator God for all eternity. And what a renewed humanity looks like is that each one of us is actually like Jesus in his humanity. We're the kind of humans that he was, is as a resurrected christ so that's pretty cool so let me ask you this question then are we living a story that says i'm just kind of a decision person or am I a disciple person a decision person says i made the decision i have my fire insurance i'm sure that i will achieve my goal which is heaven escape from this world or am I a discipled person which is saying actually i know that my destination is actually to become conformed to the image of christ and share in his renewed humanity his resurrected humanity, and be like that kind of person in my relationships, and in my world, and in my vocation. That's what a discipled person does. They actually want to see uh, heaven on earth. They want to see God's will done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, let's keep moving. Um, there's this too. Um, our inheritance. Are you guys doing okay? By the way, everybody okay? We tracking? We're good. Okay um my daughter penny let me borrow this um i found it in the yard like after three years of sitting near the deck so i knew that she did not need it um this is my whole person it's a whole it's a whole barbie anyway um God involves, uh, the goal of our conformity to the image of Christ also involves the whole person. So let's take a look at the next passage here. So Christ himself gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and pastors and teachers, why? Well, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until, what? Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and do what? become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Which means this, friends, that following Jesus is not primarily about what you know, nor is it primarily about what you do. It is primarily about who you are. It's about our being, our inner being and outer being, that we reflect Christ as whole people. This is why Dave and I spent uh, what eight weeks last fall talking about emotions, because those are part of the whole person, aren't they? Right? Being being conformed to the image of Christ involves every dimension of our lives. So, it's notice those words fullness, the fullness of Christ, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What am I reflecting in my relationships? What am I reflecting? as i father my daughters what am i reflecting as i engage edgar my neighbor what am i reflecting all the way through your life right this is this is so are we clear this is a holistic thing all right so, so this is good uh n- the next bit this this process involves our participation um my son learned how to participate on a baseball team this last spring and that was fun uh it was fun being a coach, and it was fun watching five-year-old boys figure out how to do anything that they were told. And uh, I learned a lot, and I grew a lot in God's holiness as I <laughs> learned the spiritual discipline of restraint. So, um, And I was praying about that tonight. Like, God, give me restraint with my words, too. So anyway, here we are, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And then this is followed. Those of you who went to the Colossians class know this, that chapter 3 then goes like this. Put off whatever belonged to your flesh your earthly nature, and then put on or clothe yourself in whatever is true of Christ. So there's stuff to do. There's stuff to do in following Jesus. Have you noticed that yet? Right? Yeah, there's no like heavenly buzz of just like you sit around and you wait for God to just zap you with holiness. And you're like, ah, I've arrived. I've got it. It doesn't happen. I've waited. And I've been disappointed. He actually involves us. It means following Jesus isn't passive. It's not kick back on his righteousness and put no righteousness of my own into action or implementation. There's stuff to do. Um, Dallas Willard, again, one of my favorite authors, one of the great writers on the spiritual life says this. He says, grace is opposed to earning, not to effort. Grace is opposed to earning, not to effort. Are you with me on that? That's a profound statement on gospel living, that there's effort involved, that there are some things that we need to set our minds and hearts on. There are things to put off, remove. as John pointed out, and I pulled out some of the fleshless stuff, right? And there are things to do to put on Christ and all of his righteousness and all of his virtue. Uh, Galatians five, Paul says, I say, walk in the spirit. That's something you consciously effort, effortfully effort. I don't know, making that up. I'm a pastor. We do that <laughs> effortfully do. Uh, and then last of all, here's my last point before we'll turn a corner here. And then a break is just moments away. The last thing, and it turns out to be six and not five things. So it was good. I won't change my notes because i'll probably never do journey launch training again but um transformation or becoming like jesus is actually uh, something that is rooted in our loves it's affective it's affection driven listen to the words of john fourteen twenty three through 24 jesus replied anyone who loves me will obey my teaching listen to that again anyone who loves me will obey my teaching My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. What's up with this? Let's talk about this verse for a second. What do you notice about this? What strikes you about this verse? It's a description, I think. Yeah. So obedience is a byproduct, according to Jesus, of love. Are you with me? So it's love that produces obedience. And so if I'm struggling to produce obedience in my life, it's a warning sign that my loves are misdirected. If obedience isn't joyful, if obedience feels dutiful, I have a warning sign, a little warning light, like on my dash on the car and tells me my tires are low right now as we speak. Dang it. I have a problem, right? And obedience doesn't feel like something that is at all joyful. It's telling me my loves are disordered, right? And so Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me right? You'll, you'll obey me. So following Jesus isn't about trying harder or trying smarter, but it's actually an engagement in our loves and our affections and our desires. So uh, we are transformed as our loves and desires are reordered and transformed. Uh, um, Jonathan Edwards, the, the crazy Puritan, um, he's famous for his sinners in the hands of an ang- angry God, which is ironic because he was actually, he's, he wrote um, prolifically about the love of God. He, he actually says there's this difference between knowing that honey is sweet and tasting that honey is sweet, right? The, the, this, this difference between the knowledge that honey is a sweet thing and the taste of it on your senses is the difference between knowing... I, I ought to obey Jesus and whatever and actually having a sense of his love on my heart and delighting in obeying him. Are you with me? There's a difference, isn't it? The difference is, is actually our affections and our loves, that our loves are transformed. You know why you sin, right? Because you like it. That's why I sin. I sin because I like it. You sin because you like it. You keep patterns of sin in your life because it delights you on some level. We only do what we love. You know that, right? We are love-oriented creatures. We're shaped by desire. We live out of desire. This is why I, I, I'll take a pot shot at a Christian accountability groups for a second. This is why Christian accountability groups never work. So if, you're, if you grew up in a youth group, Or if you've tried this on any level with any kind of behavior modification, you you generally know why this is a problem. Uh, Christian quote accountability groups work like this. This is the logic of them. They go like this. Hey, I have a problem in my life. I want to not do a certain behavior anymore. It's actually behavior that I really like doing, so I want you to hold me accountable to not doing the thing that I actually really want to do and check in with me later to make sure I didn't do the thing that I want to do. Or check in with me later to make sure that I did the thing that I don't really want to do. I really need to share Jesus with my neighbor. Will you just hold me accountable to doing this thing that I don't really want to do, right? What, are, what is this? This is behavior modification. This is try hard. It doesn't work for the long haul. You can make some really great improvements for a short term, and you can think that you're really, really crushing it. But... It isn't buoyant enough to carry your whole life. And so uh, what Jesus is saying is actually we're transformed when our desires and our loves are transformed, right? So that I actually begin to delight in the things that delight and delight Jesus, that I actually begin to love the things that God himself loves. And of course, I'm going to have this matrix of competing desires where sometimes I have this stronger desire that wars against actually a deeper desire the deeper desire in Christ, which is to please my heavenly father, which God says is true of you because you're a new creation, that you actually have this deeper desire. So what we have to do as Christian people is learn how to live into the deeper desire of pleasing our father rather than constantly just living on the surface of waging strongest desires. Is any of this making sense? Okay. So it's affective. It's love-oriented. It's relational, which means when we spend time with God... We're trying to get to the place of letting him affect our affections, allowing him to speak to our desires. Okay, that's, that's enough there. Okay, so what am I describing? What is all of this for? What kind of process is all of this describing? Anybody want to take a shot at that? What, what have I just described with the last six points? What have I painted a picture of? Any old school systematic theology people? I know I know I know you're in here sanctification, sanctification yeah, sanctification. this is an old school word, word We don't use it enough I like it it's a, it's a it's a favorite word of mine, but we don't speak it in modern english it, It's at the process of right being made holy, being made more like christ um so that's one word for it. There's some other words to describe what I just talked about. Any other guesses at Uh, yeah, sure. Discipleship? How about that? That's the other one, right? In any given room, there will be people who hear the word discipleship, and they will think, oh, yeah, I know that. I, I was in a college Bible study one time, and we did discipleship, and I think I still have my discipleship notebook, and I have all the blanks filled in, right? And they, I can pull it out for you, and I can show you how, when I got discipled, right? All the blanks are filled in. I graduated discipleship, <laughs> right? Others, right? So you hear that and you're like, oh my gosh, let's not talk about discipleship, right? Because I know there's more to the Christian life than that. Well, that maybe wasn't a fair representation of biblical discipleship, right? Others of you uh, maybe have become familiar with the phrase spiritual formation. I think, that's just what you're talking about, Matt. You're talking about the process of spiritual formation. The other half of the room hears the word spiritual formation and goes, I think that's mystic and we ought to be very nervous when anyone's talking about spiritual formation, the eastern or something Guys, right. i know you all right and this is how we think so some of you hear sanctification and go i don't know what that is because i'm not you know i'm not from the 60s or so <laughs> i didn't do christian ed in the 50s no that's others of you hear discipleship and some of you hear it and freak out others of you hear spiritual formation and kind of worry we're talking about all of them because they're really all the same thing they're all getting into the same six realities we just described, and more realities than I have time to get into tonight. So let me do this. Um, and by the way, we've always been about all of these things at Cedar Mill, and we've taken various trips through the years of trying to articulate it. Some of you have been here a long, long time, and you remember Carl Palmer standing up here and saying, you know, upward and inward and outward, and there was that, and his shirt was tucked in, not like mine, but... Uh, <laughs> right? and. And that was, that was a description of all the stuff I've just been talking about. We want to be more like Jesus and grow in sanctification or be his disciples and make disciples. Yeah, sure. Others of you uh, were here when we talked about becoming a, a community of faith and love and hope and uh, wow, like let's do that. And that was me and I had my shirt untucked, right? And you, that's the same thing. We're just talking about the same thing. Well, here we are again and we're in a new season and we're saying, yeah, we're still about that same stuff. So let me do this, and in, in, instead of kind of rehashing old stuff, l- let me let me offer to you a metaphor uh, that we would just submit to you and say th- this is this is the language that we'll be using for some time, uh, and it's the language of um, of a journey. That what we are describing to you so far tonight is a journey of. Becoming, I'll say more, like Jesus. That's what we're describing. You can call it sanctification, you can call it discipleship, you can call it spiritual formation. But we offer the metaphor. The metaphor of becoming more like Jesus uh, on a journey. Because it's holistic because it's a process, because it involves our participation, because it has a clear destination, right? because it has all of those things that we just talked about. And so, before we take our break, let me submit to you that any good journey has some common components. And uh, so we're, we're going to talk just for a minute tonight about some of the common components of any good journey. Um, so, just to get our our journey going we need we need some good landscape here for a journey here's a path um and then i i think we need some kind of ominous mountains maybe this could be mountain doom and then there's the tower of sauron and the ever watchful eye because there's always dangers on a journey there's fire uh and then you know there's like mountains and Fun stuff. That's not. That looks. That doesn't look like a mountain. <laughs> I won't tell you what I think that looks like. Um, <clears throat> and then we need a tree because trees are important. I just noticed Bob Ross is on Netflix, so you can paint happy trees now. <laughs> we need some other trees. Maybe they're ants. I don't know. Um, and we need a little. We need a little person. Um, he's going to wear a hat. It could be a she. It could be a lady hat. Uh, and then you know a backpack because we all have baggage on our journey. Uh, and then um, big hobbit feet. All right. Um, and then a the staff in case we need to tell anybody not to pass. Good. Okay. So here's our little person on a journey. And uh, every good journey has uh, a path behind. We, we've all been somewhere before, right? Every good journey has uh, an understanding of where we've been so far. We've accumulated some mileage. We've accumulated some baggage. Maybe we've shed some important baggage. But every good journey in Christ involves Reckoning what has come before. Where have I been so far? And how has that molded and shaped me? It involves a kind of a current understanding of your reality. Where am I now? An orientation to where am I? What season am I in as I follow Jesus? Where am I now? What part of the journey am I on? Am I toward the end of the journey? Am am, am I sitting around? Maybe if I'm at the end of my journey, maybe I'm uh, uh, God saying, stop stop resting actually get multiplying you have a story to tell pour into the people who are weary on an earlier part of their journey others of you maybe you realize i'm just starting out i need to soak up all the wisdom i can get and you're actually recognizing where am i on a journey how am i reflecting jesus what's challenging my reflection of jesus others uh Another aspect of a good journey is we need companions. I'm not going to take the time to draw Samwise in all of his totality, so he'll be stick Sam. We need companions on the road, right? This is not actually a devotion on Lord of the Rings, I swear. Uh, But uh, who are the people who journey with you? Who are the people who are walking with you? Who are the ones that you trust and are vulnerable with and who know you for who you are? Who are the ones who share who they are with you? Who offers you soul hospitality, and who do you share that with in return? Um, Another dimension of a good journey is is the practices that sustain the journey. If you've ever been on a real good long hike, you don't just keep walking the whole time, do you? You have to. there's, There's rhythms. There's eating. There's resting. There's stretching. There are practices involved in good journeys that keep us on the road. In the same way as we journey with Christ, there are are spiritual practices that keep us moving forward, keep us growing and healthy and robust in our awareness of God. And sometimes you fall, yeah. That's another good reality check, yeah. This is another reason to have people with you and practices of repentance to keep us going forward. Also on this is... An understanding that there's a destination we are headed somewhere right where am i headed the story that i'm living what is the story it's telling the journey I'm, I'm walking where is it headed what kind of person would live like jesus what kind of person am i reflecting as i live my journey with christ what will i be like if i continue this trajectory for the next five years the next 10 years Will I be more relationally in tune with the people around me or will I be further isolated? Will I be more of a blessing to the vulnerable in my life or will I be more callous to them if I continue the same direction? What am I aiming toward? What do I intend my life to reflect? So these are the dimensions of a journey. This is also all in your notebook. So I submit to you the journey. In all of its silliness, but also in all of its seriousness. As I was driving in tonight, and I'll close with this thought before we take our break. Sorry, Cookie, I think I'm cutting into your time a bit. But let me just just say, as I was driving in tonight, I, I was listening to, to Pray As You Go, which is one of the practices I employ in, in my life. It's a cool little app with British people who read the Bible to you. of what if what if every what if every thanks man what if every jesus follower in every church and all of the portland metro area were to take this journey seriously just just like think about that for a second then let's just zoom in a little bit what if just each one of us in this room took this journey seriously What kind of impact would that have on the church we have? What kind of impact would that have on our neighbors? What kind of impact would that have on our city? If we cultivated our journey with Christ just as seriously as we cultivate any one of your hobbies, any uh, one of our jobs, what if we took this seriously? let me close with that. Let's get cookies. Let's get water and then the real cookie. We'll get up here and lead us in an experience of contemplating the Lord's glory. So, all right. Thanks.